0: Chapter 10 War of the Worlds. Right after Christ died, having successfully completed his task, a number of so called miracles happened here on earth. These showed humankind that a major phase in our history had been completed and an important new phase was about to begin. Let's have some clarification on what we mean when we talk about miracles. Of the many, many things that are possible in this world, miracles are things that happen for which we don't yet understand the laws behind them. Sort of like the way that most of us don't understand how it could be possible for a person to communicate with spirits on the other side, that one of them could speak through a medium. There are spiritual laws in place that govern the ways in which a person could learn to control the physical body, When someone masters such a skill, certain influences from the spirit world are allowed to happen. Such phenomena belong in a chapter about very highly developed human beings. These people have a special task to fulfill, bringing something to humankind that will help us all wake up. And what they produce, we typically call a miracle. But there is no such thing as a miracle in the way we usually understand this word. Unless you think of the whole universe as a freaking miracle, which of course it is. But there are laws that govern this universe, some of which we understand, and many of which we don't. When we don't, we say miracle and check the box as if we do. Our electronic gadgets that are now so familiar to us would have been called a miracle just a few hundred years ago because their mode of operation was not understood. The power currents of the spirit are infinitely stronger than the power necessary to operate our technical equipment. Such power currents can be converted into non-spiritual things for our practical use through the ingenuity of a mind that can create conditions for these powers to operate. This only seems to happen haphazardly or by coincidence because we haven't yet studied and found the laws that govern what's happening. So someone steeped in the ways of Earth, but blind to the power of spirit and cosmic laws, will either deny such things ever happen, or simply call them a miracle. Right there, the intrinsic nature of the universe is being misunderstood. Often, it would be enough to just know that we clearly do not yet understand everything. Such was the case with Jesus, who was said to have performed many miracles, Amazing things were possible because of the purity of his spirit through which so much more undiluted power was available. To reread the Bible now, we can use our imagination to have a better idea of the deep significance and reality of all this. So, after he died, Christ returned to the world of spirit. There, he gathered up his army of a relatively small number of specialized spirits and went on to fight a spiritual battle in the world of darkness. Once again, seriously? Does this not all sound too human? Well, where do you think wars come from? Wars on planet Earth are only an outpicturing of spiritual war. Of course, the mechanics of a spiritual war are not the same as here, but the essence is the same nevertheless. A more detailed explanation of how it happened is not possible because we, as humans, lack the ability to understand, and the spirit entity sharing this information, the guide, lacked the ability to put it into words so we could we'll have to make do with a condensed version that may sound symbolic and may in fact be symbolic to a certain extent. It's the best we can do given the situation. So a war took place between Christ and Lucifer. We can use our imagination to envision it being like a war with guns and spears, as would happen here. Of course, that's not quite it, but somehow we can get that there was a spiritual war. Jesus and his team were so outnumbered that Lucifer had to admit it was a fair fight. So far, everyone was playing by the rules. This was a non-negotiable thing, this ability to make sure that in the end, even Lucifer would ultimately be able to get back to God. He will, of course, be the last one home since he was the very first to leave. In the end, in every sphere, Jesus Christ fulfilled the plan of salvation. His task was different in each of the numerous spheres he visited, in the world of God, where he was tasked with all the preparations, on earth, and in the world of darkness. But once the battle was over, nothing was ever going to be the same again. New conditions were set up, and they have reigned ever since. In our historical accounts, we say, On the third day after he descended into hell, Christ went up to heaven. What got recorded in Scripture does a pretty good job of capturing and preserving the details, although the time element is not quite right. Time is a funny thing, and it always requires a bit of a translation, because in spirit, time, if there is such a thing, is relative. It's individual, psychological, and just very different. But that is really neither here nor there. We've made a symbol of these three days, and that's that. So, what were these new conditions? They were this, that all human beings were now given the opportunity to turn to God during their development on Earth, going from one life to the next. Lucifer retained all his rights to continue to tempt humans, to try to get us to succumb to our lower nature. But should we resist him, we would no longer be subjects of the Luciferic world. The doors were now wide open for us to reunite with our Creator and inhabit those wonderful divine worlds once more. Going forward, divine laws must be observed exactly and the activities and powers of darkness are no longer able to go unchecked. According to divine law, God's spirit world now has the right to interfere. Lucifer's traps and temptations are limited, as they now stand ultimately under the jurisdiction of God. That said, Lucifer still has a fairly long leash. This is due not only to the fact that he needs to stay within bounds, also recognizing divine justice, but his work is a necessary means for our development. So often, we have to get a big taste of evil before we will use our free will and our own initiative to overcome it. That desire has to grow through our ever-increasing enlightenment, which is only possible after one has gone through some heavy darkness. That it takes more than one spin around the block goes without saying. To regain the perfection needed to enter the kingdom of God, to get back all that we lost through the fall, and to shed the darkness that we have heaped upon our own souls, can never be done in one lifetime. Many, many laps around the track are needed. Life on Earth is like a school where we develop by going from one class to another. Sometimes we have to do some remedial classes to make up for what we missed. Sometimes we pass with flying colors and get to move ahead more quickly. As you can now appreciate, for our first visit here, we are not at our best. We come with very low and coarse instincts. After many incarnations, we work off some of our karmic debt. We suffer, but we also receive a number of divine influences. So slowly, our attitude about things begins to change. When we start to become a little more refined, then the real work of self-finding and self-purification can begin All throughout this process, we are going through one incarnation after another with changing conditions and circumstances. Even then, many of us don't have the strength to find God in the midst of reality. There's just too much lower self present to not succumb to the influences of Lucifer's world. These could come in the form of direct inspiration or through some other unwitting soul. We have to gut our way through this so we can move into the phase where we really start making some progress, where real purification gradually begins. In every life, conditions are prepared with precision so that we will have the best chance at transforming some certain side of our lower self. It can't happen any other way than this. Other ways were tried, but they did not succeed. And we simply can't do all the work we need to do in one round. But even in the worst cases, something is gained, even if this is nothing more than the motivation to stop wasting time. At some point, a soul will say to itself, My path is to get to God. I have to stop listening to my lower self. Because That is the part that is constantly in contact with the world of darkness. Meanwhile, the higher self is still hanging out in the background. It's much further back and more difficult to reach through all the layers of imperfection, but it's back there. And it's in constant contact with the divine world. That thread is never broken. It's our outer personality, our ego, with its willpower and decision-making capacity that has to choose one way or the other. It has the means to one day wake up and say, I declare myself for God. I am on the side of my higher self with everything that comes with that. So that means we have to be willing to give up our laziness and the comfort of the way of least resistance, always giving in to our faults. In principle, it makes no difference if the faults we are grappling with are murder or stealing or wickedness or if they are now only selfishness, jealousy, envy, resentment, or laziness. Anyone who truly declares that they have decided and are ready to follow the path to God will no longer remain enslaved to the Luciferic world. That is the only way to get out from under the power of Lucifer. As humans, we struggle mightily against feelings of pain. We think there is nothing worse. But there is. It is the stage before a soul is able to feel pain. So when we begin to come out of our numbness and begin to feel pain, we are actually already a step closer to God. Consider how this relates to what is happening in Lucifer's world when you are being tempted to follow the path of least resistance. In that realm, there is a hierarchy of very powerful and less powerful beings, if a powerful henchman fails to fulfill a task to deter one of us from following the path to God, because we exercise our free will and resist temptation, that dark spirit will lose more and more of their power. Eventually, they will be tortured by their fellow evil spirits. So the lower a dark spirit sinks in the dark spheres, the higher they actually rise, the greater their need for God, and the closer they are to Him. But the farther removed a dark spirit is from pain, the greater the inner disharmony, and Lucifer is in the greatest disharmony. But over time, as we become willing to feel our pain and do the hard work of overcoming our lower selves, he will have fewer and fewer henchmen to work against us. That is the story of how Christ has opened the door for each and every one of us. So, can you now see why it is said that Christ has saved us from our sins? This is sort of true if you think of our great sin of falling, of not remaining faithful to God, of becoming part of the world of darkness where we could have been lost forever. Yes, sirree, Jesus Christ bailed us out of that mess that we ourselves created. And for this, we have all the reason in the world to be so very grateful to Jesus Christ. Through Jesus and his deeds, we now have the possibility, through our own efforts, to develop ourselves so that we can walk across that threshold. If that's the way we mean it, Then, yes, Jesus died for our sins. But that other interpretation? Not so much. In fact, not at all. Can we also see why it is said that the Messiah will come again? No, agreed. That makes no sense. There would be no reason for that. But yes, Christ will come again, through each one of us as we do the work of self-purification that lets more and more of the light of Christ shine through into the world. Every day, when we choose honesty, humility, courage, and curiosity, that is exactly what happens.